You're listening to Bow Down to Us, the lore edition, a podcast devoted to story-driven games. Here's your host, Joe. Hello, welcome to For the Lord. This is Roger coming to you on August 30th, and this is our 50th episode, which of course means a drunk tank episode, which is why I'm speaking like this and why Joe is giggling in the background. So <laughs> we've got with what us. The hell? <laughs> okay, maybe it wasn't you, maybe it was Vince. I could hear giggling. I assumed it was why you because you're the gone? only one. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the rum gone? <laughs> so we're onward. We've got Joe and Vince with me, same as usual. And we're not actually going to be doing much in terms of like any kind of game and whatnot. I know we talked about StarCraft 2, but honestly, you have to believe me that it's been just a little bit busy getting the new site. <laughs> we're on the last leg. There's literally only a couple of days left before the site launches, and it's not ready, but too damn bad. It's still launching on the first, even though there's going to be a few things that will be introduced later on. It's such. not a bug. It's a feature. Yeah, basically. I'm trying. Yeah. I promise. I'm trying. God damn it. Cut me some slack. But I mean the 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 all of the features are in all the features from all the writers are in and whatnot. The only thing right now is the mainly the podcast because I haven't edited all the old all of the podcasts from the games edition as well as the comics edition. So I'm working on those. But of course, all of the lower ones are completely up to date. So you're going to be seeing about you know four five, six podcasts crop out of nowhere, and that's going to be the games and the uh, the comics ones, which you have to make sure to listen because we've actually been having a lot of fun, especially the comics one. Vince and I have been having a freaking blast, so you're definitely going to want to be listening to those. Boom, podcast. Boom, download now. <laughs> and the thing, too, to keep in mind is that we are we're we're trying to pace the games and the lore podcast so that we're not having a lot of the same chatter on both that way you can download both of them and enjoy them separately without feeling that you're listening to the same old thing again we may talk about the same games however we're really going to try to be talking about just the story aspects in the lore game which i know we've been straying away from and we've been talking about all manner of things but that's going to be changing. And what is also going to be changing is, as of literally now, the new name for the podcast is Bow Down to Us, the Lore Edition. And starting it next week with episode 51, it will be hosted by my man, Joe. So I will be taking a back seat and just co-hosting and making fun of him, which is going to be so much fun, as I'm doing with Vince. Yeah, right no now with the comic. It will be different because I'll just be sitting back giggling and it'll be like, ha, 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 ha he screwed up again. <laughs> And so it will be fine. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so uh, welcome, everybody. We should start off, first of all, talking about the um, contest right now. Because we got, yeah, it was there on the tip of my tongue, but it was like getting a little dry because I need a drink of wine. So hold on a second. (laughs) (laughs) The slurp. Yeah. So classy. So so classy. So okay. classic. I am. I am full all of the connoisseurs. He had, he, had his, he had his pinky up when he was slurping. Let me do it all right. He was all French. You know me oh so well. Okay, so 
the thing is, right now, we have the contest that we talked about last week, which is thanks to my man, Oogs, who donated his key for the single, which is a DLC for Alan Wake. So right now, we are ready to give that sucker away. We're going to be taking some calls through Skype. So people are going to have to actually add me in Skype so that they can call, and then we'll go from there. But um, uh, there was a question that he was asking, and it wasn't me who made this up. It was him who decided there has to be some sort of trivia question. And it was, what game was I referring to when I was talking about my gold item in the second episode of For the Lore? So if you know that, and if you are interested in getting this copy of the single for Alan Wake... Then what you need to do is you need to be adding me on Skype and you need to be sending me a chat message in Skype saying, I know, I know, I want it. I want free shit. And then we'll bring you onto the show and we'll go from there. Ooh, so call Dan, he wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Yes. Call Dan. He wasn't paying attention. Put him on the spot. No, 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 no. I, I got better things to do. No, 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 no. What the hell was that? <laughs> It's <laughs> pretty clear, I'd say. So, okay, <laughs> screw you, Dan. Why, oh, Dan? You don't even have Dan. Do you even have an Xbox 360? What do you game on? Is it a 360 or is it PS3? I know he's playing Borderlands on PS3. Yeah, you've got. A, sorry, do you have a 360 or a PS3? 360. Oh, so did oh. you want an Alan Awake? Dan, I'm you speaking to you. It. Dan, awesome. I'm talking to you. Did you? You don't want it. So then shut the hell up. Why should I be calling you? Why do <laughs> I care what you think when you're not even playing the damn game? Okay, for other people, if you're interested in this, add me, message me. We'll go from there. Let's go on with the show, though, and talk about what I think. Seriously. I know we talked about a whole bunch of shit during the games podcast, and there was a lot of cool things that have been coming out that are awesome like the necromancer for guild wars 2 and whatnot but for me the biggest news that has come out this week is the final dlc for dragon age witch hunt oh dude this is a day one purchase for me this is like there's not even any doubt that i'm picking this up it is awesome. Now, I'm thinking because it's going to be the last DLC that they're putting out for Dragon Age Origins, which is going to then be leading to Dragon Age 2, which they're hyping the crap out of, this is going to be big. This is going to be awesome. Not terms in, not just in terms of the story, because for a lot of people, this is the romantic interest that they had. They did the whole banging her up so that the baby can get the, drag, the, the, the dark spawn. Like... Really, this is this is huge in terms of story. I didn't expect they'd be resolving this in this iteration. I thought for sure it would come out in two. That's what worries me a little bit. Worries um, you? I, I I'm really excited for it. I'm going to be buying it day one. I'm going to play the hell out of it. You know me. You know how much time I put into Dragon Age. There's no way in hell I'm going to miss it. But I completely, completely expected this to be like a standalone thing later on like not just like an add-on so i guess it depends really on how much they actually put into it but i expected more that said i'll be perfectly okay if this thing just kicks so much ass at rocks which i seriously hope it does because morgan was one of the characters that everybody loved or loved to hate you felt very strongly about her one way or another you either really enjoyed her sardonic wit or you really just wanted to stab her in the face with a great sword 
one or the other and to see where where it's progressed from then is is very interesting to me also because it's going to conclude the first game and lead into the second game you're going to get a small sense of closure um but it kind of makes me wonder how they're going to do it and i really hope they don't do like a cheap ass she survives at the end to go fight another day like darth vader bullshit or whatever you know i, I don't know i i'm really excited really really excited but I don't want it to suck. I'm afraid it's going to suck, and I really don't want it to suck. <laughs> you really don't think that this being the last one that they're going to go all out on this? I mean, this I has got to last know. until next year. This has got to be epic enough that the term Dragon Age is going to be on everybody's lips until next year, and not just because they got screwed by it in the mouth, but because it was worth it and because it was something that was awesome. If it wasn't coming out on September 7th, I'd say yes. Well, I, I would I would say that I would believe it, but it seems if it was coming out in maybe another month's time, sure, I could see them lasting until next year. All right. Well, I have a lot of things to say about this DLC. <laughs> First of all, the, the 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 fact that they've chosen this as the story to do in their last DLC is perfect because, as mm -hmm. you said, Morrigan was such a polarizing character. You either loved her or you hate her. They really can't carry her storyline that much into Dragon Age 2 because of the vast differences in the way people approached this character. So doing it as a DLC makes perfect sense to me. And if you listen back out. Couldn't tell you how many freaking episodes. I said I was done with DLC. Once I played Origins and uh, Darkspawn Chronicles, I was content with the amount of game I received. Well, now that they've announced this, my dwarf character, my dwarf warrior, knocked up Morrigan, was completely in love with Morrigan, and even promised to hunt her down to the ends of the earth. So there is an absolutely no way I can't play this DLC, which of course means I have to play Liliana's song and I have to play the golems of... Amgaric or whatever the fuck it was called. So do you have any idea how Amorak. much money how much money Bioware is sucking out of me on this Not one to day mention September the 7th? Mass Effect 2. They're getting three bio or three Dragon Age downloadable contents <laughs> and a Mass Effect downloadable content out of me on the same freaking day. I might as well sign my paycheck over to these bastards. You know what? I, I'm well, thinking about it. In, in your paycheck. God, good lord, yeah. sir. <laughs> Hey, stand on that corner doesn't raise as much money as it used to. Rick doesn't stop by quite that often. Well, especially after you gained all that weight. The thing that I'm thinking about is if you look at it in terms of, let's just compare it in terms of content-wise to, um, oh shit, what was her name? The, the Mass Effect where you got the character, um, the, the Kasari. assassin. Kasari. Kasari. Yeah, that too. Katsumi. Whatever her name yeah. was. Something with a K. So... <laughs> Of course, Kerrigan. there was a lot of fighting, right? <laughs> there was a lot of fighting that was in there and whatnot, but there was actually still quite a bit of fun story that was in there. So let's just say that this comes out and it's the equivalent in terms of a time sink that that was, but mainly all story and not as much of, you know, the fighting and whatnot. I would actually be all right with that as long as the writing for it is really really good if it is epic and really gives you a sense of completion of the game to me that's actually worth it i really don't care that they're saying you're going to get bonus items when am i going to use those items never you're not bringing out any more dlc that's it and i'm sure shit not playing the game again i don't have another 80 hours to waste on this game when there's other games to be played 
So yeah, this is eight, as... but I want it to be something that is truly epic. Stop playing with the whatever you're playing with. What are you doing? What the hell, dude? So I, I just want it to be something that is truly epic that has the closure to it. And and yeah, you can leave some loose ends to tie us over till Dragon Age Two. But I think that if they put as much as they did in Kasumi, that but again, all story for the most part, I'm good with that. Yeah, as far as the entire Dragon Age saga is concerned, this is going to make or break it. Okay, Origins, or not Origins, uh, Awakening was its own beast. It was $40. It damn well better can deliver the story that it's promised. But all the other DLCs have been relatively light on story. I mean, we consider uh, Liliana's song was probably the most story-driven of the bunch of them. But if they fuck this up, it could completely screw them for the for the entirety of Dragon Age 2. Just piss off a, a large portion of their fan base. They better do this right, and I have to believe that they will do this one right. I can't believe that they wouldn't. I mean, when you look at the depth of the character, they understand that she is the most important character that you recruit because, again, they saved her for the end. They made those final quests with her as epic as they were because of the importance of the character. I can't I can't believe that they're going to screw this up. Well, and and not entity makes a very good point in the chat here. It's a question of, for this particular character, how much content we're getting in that $7 DLC. And that's really going to be what makes or breaks this because Liliana Song, as awesome as it was, was relatively short, all things considered. It was a couple hour investment, if that. Um, it was great. It was a great story driven little thing, but it wasn't as much of a time sink. And Liliana was the other character next to Morgan, where where the vast majority of people had a serious interest, whether love or hate or whatever. You don't think I'm kidding here. You go through the forums. Liliana. It's either Morgan. It's Morgan or Liliana. Now, that said, this is a seven dollar DLC. You see, you have to wonder exactly how much they're going to put into it and how much of a time sink it's actually going to be. But in order to do it right without pissing people off, they're going to have to put so much more in there than they did in any of their other DLCs. Uh, literally any of their other DLCs. So you got to question if they're going to be able to do it. It's uh, as we've said so many times in episodes past, I won't believe that something is impossible until Bioware tells me it is. I or they uh, fail. I, I, I certainly don't want to appear like a fanboy, but I'm totally and, a fanboy. I have no problem with that. I'm a fanboy. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Well, no, no, no. And, and, and it's not like they haven't screwed us in the past. There's been different times when, no, I felt like they it, it was wrong. Again, what was it? $3 visor? Bioware? No, that's wrong. That's bullshit. That is not fan service, okay? So when you're looking at stuff like that, no, I can appreciate that they do have the potential to just be looking at the cash money that they get from the DLC. And this is going to be a big cash cow for them. Let's be honest. This oh, yeah. is... Oh, yeah. This is the true ending to the game that they held off because the fact was a lot of people, well, I mean, Morgan leaves you one way or another. I mean, huge spoiler, the game is a freaking year old. She's leaving you one way or another. You're either having her child or getting somebody else to bang her so that she has a child and then she's leaving or you're saying, no, that's not right. And she's leaving. So she's taken off. So regardless of how you feel about the character, that loose end is just 
left there till now, till September. That's huge. So this has got to be something that they're finally delivering the ending of the game that they've been holding off forever. And if you did, in fact, choose to let her have either your child or Alistar's child or whoever kind of thing, then that's monstrous because then it, regardless of what you thought of the character, it continues the Archdemon story arc via the child. So again, they're they're giving you the ending to the story finally that we should have had way back when, but we're going to have to pay $7 for. So I have every faith that they're going to give us an ending that we deserve. Okay, question to you guys, because I don't recall from my uh, nice person playthrough. If you choose not to give her the baby, does she continue with you for the rest of the for the uh, nope. ending segment nope. of the game? She takes off. No, nope, she's All gone. Right, so, no. so one way or another, she's gone. So oh, yeah. Everybody, so everybody who played Dragon Age will definitely have an interest in this story. My point exactly. Yeah, when I played it through on my goody two-shoes you mage, know, she said, because she, what she did is she approached my female mage and said, you're going to yeah. have to convince um, Alistar to sleep with me, which I, I guess wouldn't be too hard. Here's 20 bucks, go nail the chick in the other room. Um, but... It, I said, no, it's that's totally not right. Anything you'll ever see. Yeah. You know, I said, no, we're not doing that. So then she said, no, I'm not going to have any of that. Then this is stupid, blah, blah, blah. And she stormed off and she's gone. And then when I played through with my bastard mage, she said, well, we're going to have a child. I said, sure. You know what? You just point the way. I'll <laughs> Let's go. be anywhere. So, yeah, I'm good to go. Don't even need any wine. And you so, know, but then again, she leaves. So it doesn't matter what you do. She's taken off. So then it is something that is a true ending to the story because it affects everyone. Well, and that, re- that, that actually makes me remember something that I have a question about. Okay, let's say you pick the um, the ending where you don't have the baby with her. Your character dies. So it's no, not necessarily. No, no, you could have let. You could have let. Well, let's say you, let's say you take the ending where your character died, right? I Which did. I did on one of my playthroughs. So did I. What's the motivation of the new character to go hunt down Morgan? Doesn't necessarily have to be a new character. It could be a future Grey Warden that knows that Kerrigan or Kerrigan, Jesus, <laughs> Morgan, Morgan is out there and potentially poses a threat to the future of the Grey Wardens. If she wants to have a Darkspawn baby, she could in the future become a very big enemy to the Grey Wardens and one way or another has to be at least brought under control. That's exactly it because again, my first one, she died at the end, this epic boom, 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 die. But I, when I am, if I'm playing through this, if that had been my only character, excuse me, I would actually not be playing through as her again because she died. And and in true RP kind of fashion, I wouldn't want to bring her back from the dead just to fight this. So I would create another character that in my mind I would see, just like Vince said, would be another Grey Warden that hadn't heard the stories of past and all that, felt it their duty to, to make sure that she stopped. So you can do it from an RP standpoint where in... It makes sense, and not just a little bit of sense, but makes a lot of sense. All I know is Augur and better damn well be there. Yeah, and for the record, I just completely made that up off the top of my head, which proves that I need to do more writing after half a bottle of rum. All right, then. So let's move on to some Bioshock 2 news because we got a little bit more information about the DLC that we're expecting for that. So actually, Joe, I'm going to let you take that over. 
Okay, well, uh, Minerva's Den is the final final DLC, since we're talking about final DLCs, for Bioshock 2 that, we'll, that we're going to receive. Uh, it takes place uh, basically as a parallel story to the main story of the game. Uh, it's going to be, what, 10 bucks? I think they said it was? Um, yep. it, it's a huge metallic boots of Subject Sigma, another Alpha Series big daddy uh, who just isn't having a great day in the underwater metropolis of Rapture. Um, so they're really sticking to their guns about this whole you're going to be a, a big daddy thing, which I was kind of hoping they were going to move away from for this one. But I guess not. I want to um, play Little Sister in the next game. I don't want to play Little Sister. I want to <laughs> fuck that. Fuck that. Be creepy as hell. Just walking up on people, freaking injecting their asses. Carry uh, on. What I want. <laughs> um, but instead of going after Sophia Lamb, which is your character's main motivation in the, in the main storyline, you're going against Reed Wall. Um, he holds the keys to the kingdom of Minerva's Den, uh, which is one of Rapture's assets, the Thinker. It's a gigantic supercomputer, unlike any other controlling the Rapture Central Computing District. Um, basically, uh, you're going to try to get your hands on this and and in and essentially take control of whatever is left of rapture um and because in, in the story you're also going to be joined by a character that you kind of forgot about in the beginning of of bioshock 2 because she kind of sort of maybe disappeared uh which is bridget tenenbaum she is one of the first voices you hear um so yeah, it's 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 interesting that we're going to see a parallel story going on, and I'm kind of curious if you're going to run into your main character. All right, do me a favor and say kinda one more time because I'm kinda. There you go, just for you, Vince. But All no, right, I mean, thank like, you. It's it, for for the price point, it's going to offer a very interesting parallel story. It's going to offer a very interesting gameplay, and for ten dollars, it better damn well be fucking huge. And it, I'm sure it will be huge, but it needs to be big and intricate and, and involved. And the screenshots are showing, well, it's pretty much shaping up to be exactly that. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm excited for it. I will be picking this up. I absolutely positively loved Bioshock 2. Um, I can't wait to get my hands on this to finish out the downloadable content. Yeah, it's, I didn't even play Bioshock 2, so don't ask for me. <laughs> but yes, uh, non entity, you make a good point. Uh, bad start for DLC when you have to ask who in regards to the main villain. Um, Reed Wall was one of the characters that was very lightly mentioned in the playthrough, if you were lucky. Um, so yes, I absolutely agree with that. But it still looks very exciting and looks very, very good. So I mean, eh, we'll see what happens, right? Yeah, just stop talking so we can get to the best part of this episode. Well, I might as well. I don't think Rogers. I think Roger has disappeared. All right, well, I think he's passed out in a wine coma. So just take over your hosting duties. Yep, I'm going to go ahead and take over. So from Bioshock DLC, we're going to move on to probably one of the most anticipated games of this year, next year, and probably years to come. The next Castlevania game. Vince, why don't you go first? Lords of Shadow. Oh, my God. When I first saw this game at E3, I got to admit, I was a little worried because being a 3D action game, obviously the comparisons to God of War were going to be there. And OK, we can accept that any 3D action game these days is going to be compared to God of War. But the small little spot they showed at E3 with that first town fighting the werewolves, it didn't just kind of feel like God of War and looked like God of War. It was God of War. You were just Simon Belmont instead of or Gabriel Belmont or Gabriel, right? Gabriel. Whatever. 
Belmont instead of Kratos. But knowing what we know about Lords of Shadow now, holy shit, I cannot fucking wait for this game. I am a huge Castlevania fanboy. The first game I ever owned for my NES outside of Mario, Duck Hunt, and Super Track Meet was Castlevania. Yeah, Duck Hunt. (laughs) King Packaged. The, The first secondary cartridge I ever owned for my NES was Castlevania II Simon's Quest. So from my earliest days as a full gamer, yeah, I owned a 2600, but I had fucking E.T. for that thing. So the NES is my introduction to proper games. Yeah. Castlevania has, since my earliest days, been a huge influence on me as a gamer. From Castlevania, uh, Simon's Quest, to Symphony of the Night, to Dawn of Sorrows, and even beyond that. I cannot wait for this Castlevania game because everything we've seen about this game is pure Castlevania to its core. And see, that's the thing. They've done 3D before. There have been, I believe, three fully 3D Castlevania games at this point. There was one. We won't talk about the 64 one. Well, no, I have to mention the 64. You oh, had oh. the 64 the shitty or there's a little girl with light balls that was absolutely awesome and wrecked everything. Which then it didn't feel like Castlevania because you weren't with a fucking whip um, or you had a guy with a polearm. Uh, okay, whatever. So they failed miserably on that front. Game flopped. Like, very few people even remember it existed. Unfortunately, I remember because I still own the fucking cartridge. <laughs> <laughs> now, from there, they have two 3D uh, sort of environments for the PlayStation. Okay. You know, and they were okay, but they weren't Castlevania games. They were these th- 3D adventure type, semi gothic, semi dark games. So I, I actually, I, sorry to interrupt you, but I, re, I kind of liked Lament of Innocence. It was a really good addition to the series. However, Circle of Blood, I could have completely done without. I, that's one of the few games in my life I've ever traded in. Now, you go from there, and they're, they're really battling uphill with this, right? So you start looking at it, and you're like, oh, it's just another Castlevania 3D game. But then you start seeing what they're doing. And that first town, that first sequence where it's, you know, you're playing as Gabriel Belmont and you're in a town full of werewolves and giant fucking boars and it's dark and you are facing against minions of death and evil. And it just kind of grips you. And it's like, yeah, this is Castlevania because you have your whip and you get you get your, you know, your dagger drops and you get to collect your hearts and use the dagger. And it just feels very Castlevania just transported into a 3D environment. And it just it it's really nice to see that sort of, you know, come to light now. We also get a whole bunch of new information about this as far as just the way that they're they're doing things. You know, uh, you know, they're they're really trying to break away from any comparison that it would have with God of War. Uh, they're really trying to make it so that it's a more engrossed Castlevania experience. And on top of that, you get such wonderful gems as the voice of Patrick Stewart doing the narration for the game. Okay, we hear that the game itself is composed, uh, very bookish feeling to it. Um, All your maps are hand drawn. Every bestiary entry is handwritten into a journal of your character, which is great because this alludes to something that we've heard about throughout all of the games, which is the stories and the journals kept by the Belmont family. You know, here you go. You get to see it in action. Um, 
And you also get to see how they break down the missions. Okay, each story, each chapter um, has a certain number of missions, and each mission takes like you know 10, 15 minutes ish, set into gorgeous environments. So they're 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 giving you objectives to complete, and they're giving you bite-sized sampling so that you don't have to sit there and play constantly. You can sit there and complete something, save, log out, and go back in, and really getting you time to to kind of engross yourself in the story but if you want to take a break you have breaking points very easily um so i'm really excited about that um they also give you rewards for you know just exploring and the world is lush and vibrant and there are sections that do take place in the day because not everything is eternal night you know and it just shows very very distinct differences between the same locations in night and day what a horrible night to have a curse <laughs> but like one of the one of the best comparisons people have said about it so far is there are some levels that seem right out of the the shadows of the colossus like lost levels of oh. shadows of the colossus and shadows of the colossus was a fucking amazing game it was one of those games that was just absolutely phenomenal and they're starting to take that same feeling that same sort of con- concept and morphing it into castlevania you know you take this you take castlevania and you put it in such lush huge environments with bosses that actually feel big and roger's got one of the uh the screenshots up there but bosses that actually feel huge not just you know you have to jump up the platforms to get around and atop it but you have an entire mountain that you're fighting essentially yeah, awesome. I mean, if you look if you look back at those e th- at that first E3 trailer, you actually see little glimpses of that quote unquote shadow of a Colossus boss. This the whatever huge ice giant that you're just grappling up with your whip. I mean, OK, it's one thing for Kratos to have his little blades of Hades or whatever. Little but little as we blades. know, <laughs> at, yeah, his little blades. His little Kratos, blades. Kratos is a fucking pansy. All right. <laughs> say it. Simon Belmont could whoop Kratos' ass. Any I'm going to go ahead and pink say bowls yes. on him. But if you look, I mean, from what we know of just flat out Indiana Jones, a whip is a weapon slash utility built for platforming. So having that whip to utilize on these huge, ludicrously gigantic bosses, which let's face it, the comparisons to Shadow of the Colossus aren't really that fair because throughout the history of the Castlevania series, there have been these giant screen filling bosses all throughout the series. So I, I I would venture to say that Castlevania went there before Shadow of the Colossus went there. Just Shadow of the Colossus was the first game to do it properly in 3D. Yep. All right, Vince, before we move on, the must play Castlevania titles before you play this one. Um, okay. So Obviously the, the first one, Castlevania, I would say Castlevania three and four, uh, Symphony of the Night, and honestly, just pick one for the DS because they're all universally awesome. But they they all contain the same feeling of exploration. Like even if the the first and third and even fourth ones were fairly linear, they had a lot of branching paths, which is what I love about this game, uh, Lords of Shadow. The, uh, one of the one of the previews I read, and trust me, I have read dozens of previews of the hands-on of this game. Is one of the players got through the entirety of the first level, thought he had explored it as much as possible, and he had only uncovered fourteen percent of the possible items in this game. So as a person who loves exploring every nook and cranny of a world, coming back later on with all these advanced skills, double jumps and what have you, 
I cannot wait for this game. And this game has made me so happy that I've bought a PS3 because I'm going to get the whole game on one freaking disc instead of having to install both discs or pick one disc to install to get the most game possible because there's so much backtracking. And throughout gaming history, backtracking has always been a dirty word because it's existed in games like Resident Evil where backtracking was fucking painful. And necessary. Yeah. But in games like... Symphony of the Night, and you know everybody claims Symphony of the Night was the was the first Metroidvania quote unquote game, but Castlevania II: Simon's Quest was really my my rebirth as a gamer, coming from the the stupid twenty six hundred games into a full on really game. It took me years to finish Castlevania II because at the time I got it, I was too young to really understand the ins and outs of the game. It took me years to properly finish Castlevania II. And as a game way back then with multiple endings, it really gave me a chance to appreciate all the various things that come together to make a fantastic game. So I absolutely cannot wait for Lords of Shadow. And if I have one plea to Castlevania, or Castlevania, Jesus Christ, to Konami, it's please, please, please do the music right. Because throughout all the Castlevania games, the most iconic elements of the games have been the music. A game is make or break decided on the quality of its rendition of Bloody Tears. Bloody Tears is one of the best (laughs) music scores in gaming history. I dare any listener right now go on YouTube and look for Bloody Tears and tell me if that is not the coolest freaking music score in a game that you have ever heard. Okay, and that was the longest possible answer to (laughs) what are your recommendations to what we should play before playing this. I don't think it probably shut up. You had your say, shut up now. You had had your 15 minutes of fame. It actually was 20 minutes. minutes. All right, let's move on from there. And because somebody was such a chatty Kathy, we're actually going to (laughs) be skimming through some of these show notes here. Pretty fast. And granted, some of them are just interesting po- points to note. Anyways, Epic Mickey, the collector's edition was announced. So if you were considering this collector's edition, this is actually a damn cool one. Because as opposed to a lot of the other collector's editions that are out right now, this is not just we're going to give you some cookies in a game. No, we're going to give you some skins for your Wii and, and a skin for your actual Wiimote and we're going to give you a little figurine as well in a time when most collector's editions are giving you uh, in-game cookies this is refreshing and that skin for the Wii is freaking cool I love it so this is actually a decent collector's edition if you are thinking of picking it up now something else for Epic Mickey is we got a little bit more information and we got a video that had a ton of footage of some of the platforming in the game now obviously both Joe and myself are huge platforming fans and any attempt to bring the genre back and give it life and make it something that's fun again that people can respect we're all over it and i don't know about you joe but when i saw this platforming for epic mickey i mean we'd seen a little bit with the steamboat willy kind of thing this was actually very cool i was very impressed with this it's really shaping up to be a game that you it's it's a game within a game within a game and it's it really is shaping up to be awesome. And the platformer might actually be shaping up to be more fun potentially than the, game. Than the actual game itself, which is 
interesting to me and good because how long has it been since we had a really fucking kick-ass platformer well you know? it's it's not just that but the way that i'm looking at it is the blend of the, the rpg yep. style kind of play and then being transported into these really fun platforming events not just a oh my god here i gotta go no it's going to be fun you're actually going to look forward to the platforming events that are in there to me that is a good sign that you know the game is going to be something that's going to hold you for a long while whether it's whether you're the type of player that prefers rpgs or platformers you're there's going to be something in there for you well and, and i think that's really the the cool thing about it and it is. This is. If you guys have a chance, read the show notes, watch the video. Um, it's a solid, solid, complete game, uh, and it's a fun transition between zones. Yeah. Okay, let's move on from there because Vince, shut up. You don't get to say. So we're gonna move on from there. We're gonna talk about. Very briefly, Neverwinter Nights. We got a Ugh. little bit of more information from Cryptic about this. Obviously, they're working on it. They haven't nailed down yet the type of play that it's going to be. The, uh, sorry, the type of subscription model that it's going to be, whether it's going to be a free-to-play with microtransactions or whether it's going to be a pay-per-minute. Oh, we don't want to hear those words. But what I found interesting was that they are appreciating that they are in a wow environment where you really have to try something different. What killed me was Jack Emmett saying how he, the, the 75 Metascore critics were killing him and he doesn't want to do that again. Now, uh, that must have been Star Trek and not Champions Online, I'm guessing. It was definitely Star Trek. Yeah, so <laughs> they know that their MMOs can't compete. And in a time when we've got DC Universe coming out, and they made reference to BioWare's The Old Republic in his quote Jack Emmett was talking about, Emmert. Um, so they know they're coming out against some very, very tough competition. So it's not that they can just do whatever they want in terms of the, the subscription model. Plus, now they're seeing how... A subscription model can freaking bankrupt you thanks to APB and what we've been hearing about it killing them. So when you're hearing all that and you're seeing how subscription models can really screw with an MMO thanks to, again, wow, for the most part, you really have to try to be creative. So I don't know. When I'm looking at this, I'm thinking it's a little bit... It, it, I despite all of what's going on in the industry i still want the gaming company to have done their research and to come to me with a firm commitment of what it is that they're doing and not a humming and hawing about it kind of thing and unfortunately that's what i'm getting from this here's what he's doing he's feeling the water he's he's kind of testing it making sure there's no piranhas there and if there are piranhas there he's going to throw somebody in and run like hell and what gets me about it is Neverwinter Nights as an MMO has potential to be cool, um, but it's essentially going to be another Dungeons and Dragons MMO. Neverwinter Nights was cool because it wasn't an MMO back in the day. It was land, connect to a couple friends and go from there. You know, it wasn't really that great. Um, you know, well, I'm sorry. It was really that great. Not that it wasn't. I'm sorry. That's the booze talking. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
you know, and it was free. You know, you bought the game. Um, you know, you, you loaded up with friends. You got the expansions. Um, you did all that good stuff. But you did it for free. You were able to connect. And it was great. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, it, it has the potential to be ruined, absolutely ruined by a pricing model on the MMO and depending on how they do it. Um, and because my boy is no longer in the house, I'm starting to lose a lot of faith. Well, it's not just that. I mean, the when you're talking about a pricing model, can, it can can kill you. I, I don't think it's just the pricing model. I really, really think, like really, WoW still has a huge amount of the people playing, gamers playing it. Cataclysm is just around the corner. I mean, yeah, it might still be a little while, but I mean, when we're talking about games coming out in 2011, then yeah, you still have to be concerned about Cataclysm. The game still has legs, unfortunately, which means that if you're planning on bringing an MMO out in 2011, you better be doing something different. Your pricing model better be different and cheap. Seriously cheap. When they're talking about free-to-play with microtransactions, you better invent something different than every other person who's tried to do that because it simply isn't working. People aren't interested in that. People aren't interested in paying extra amounts to be able to play a game. There's got to be a way that you can do it where you as a dev company can stay afloat. But, I mean, seriously, there's... You you need to start thinking outside of the box at this point because we've seen too many really good MMOs fail because of the environment that they're trying to fight in, which is this WoW-dominated environment. Can I say something? Uh, Joe, did you have anything else to add? Go ahead, Vince. Fine, Vince, go ahead. <laughs> I will keep this as brief as possible. But the, the entire uh, idea of MMOs... He's sounding days, so even- meek. Look at, listen, he's all like, okay. can I talk? I'm sorry, or, guys. Or even online games in general this day is, is entertainment per dollar. Certain games have delivered that per dollar, like theoretically Cataclysm will, because I know there's tons, shit tons of content they're delivering me per dollar. Terra, what have you. Two games like Star Trek and even APB that haven't delivered the amount of content per dollar. And in these times, you really want to get the most game you can for your buck. So if Neverwinter Nights is able to deliver a proper amount of content per dollar that we're playing, great. But Cryptic's history does not really enamor me to what they're capable of. Okay, see, that's it right there. That's right there. Okay, so let's just look at, okay, once again, I'm a CEO for a gaming dev company and I'm working on a, just shut up. I'm working on an MMO right now. Okay. I know that I'm coming up against not just wow, but I'm coming up against big MMOs right now that have been getting a ton of press. How much press have we heard about it? Never winter nights. I mean, it's got a release release date of 2011. We've heard how much about the Old Republic. We've heard how much about other MMOs that are coming out in 2011 that we care about. Never win a nights, really. 
next to nothing. If you're going to be a pay-to-play model of any kinds, whether it's microtransactions or just to a monthly fee, we need to have heard more about you. And then when you're looking at the track record of Cryptic right now, sadly, it's not all that great. I mean, even, I mean, there might be any number of reasons why Bill left, but the impression a lot of people have in their minds is it was leaving a sinking ship. So there's there's not enough that's been said and, and publicized about Neverwinter Nights to give a rat's ass. I agree. And I think that Neverwinter Nights time has come and passed, honestly. The torch, really? the torch has been, I, I think it, I think it has. And the reason I say that is because I think the torch has really been passed on with the, de- the development tools that we've been given for Dragon Age. Bioware has essentially captured that same feeling of adventure that we had when we first loaded into Neverwinter Nights in the first time. You know, the, you can create expansive dungeon crawls and things like that. So I think, and not to mention Torchlight. Let, let's not forget about Torchlight. Uh, you know, it, with the Torchlight 2 coming around the corner with multiplayer events where you're going to be able to, you know, go into the dungeon crawls. Not to mention the fact that there's going to be a development kit still. Uh, so for that one, I'm fairly confident. You know, uh, there, there's there's just too much out there that is already capturing the feel that Neverwinter Nights had. And at this point in time, I think Neverwinter Nights' time has come and passed because uh, even if they make it as a memo, they're just going to kill the franchise. Um I I don't think so. I think that if it was handled properly, let's be very clear about the terminology there. If it was handled properly and very innovative for now, not try to hang on to the idea of what it used to be, but really take a leap forward, I think that it could be something that could do well. I think that, unfortunately, if it's not handled well, it's going to sink in the water before it's even released. Well, okay. Okay, let's move uh, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Very brief news-wise, we also found out that um, Valve has been saying that if a movie would ever be done about Half-Life, they would actually not get it outsourced. They would do it themselves. Now, the question that I have here for you guys is, are we at a point where a full-featured animated movie that's not a Disney or a Pixar or whatever, but from a gaming dev company could actually get us into theaters. So if Valve were to put out a movie using their in-game engine like this, that was a full Half-Life movie, would you pay your $10 to go and see this? I have a feeling that out. I would, but I have a feeling that it would be better quality than what we currently have. Of course, yeah. No, no, yeah. I'm sure they would work on something better, but still it would be, I mean, they're not, doing full cgi valve doesn't do full cgi work on, on a lot of stuff like the nobody half-life you, what's that nobody does anymore well yeah they you're seeing yeah so again the the question i have is again would you pay 10 bucks to go see an in-game engine type of movie for half-life what the hell are you laughing at that's not laughing that's something else that he's doing ouch okay joe then yeah. you answer me I would actually pay the money to go see it at this point because of the story, the, the world that is created, the overworld that was created for that game world is so compelling already that I would actually go see the movie. I, the same holds for the next title that we're going to be talking about after that. Um, but yes, I would absolutely pay my money for it. And the next one, of course, being Red Dead Redemption, which Hell there yes. is a... <laughs> Hell fucking yes. Just give me fucking Sam Elliott or get John Wayne in there. I don't... Just do it. Wow, what was that, man? <laughs> that, that was, 
I just, I, oh, I want it. I want it now. I would, I would totally sit through a, a feature, a, a feature presentation of Red Dead Redemption, the movie. I really would. Seriously, I actually, I would as well. Now they've been hinting that they would get Brad Pitt to play the lead role for it, which I actually have a lot of respect for him. He, he's an actor who can do a lot of different things and isn't just stereotyped in one role. I actually think he could probably pull this off really well. That being said, if it was done full on in game engine. I would actually pay money to go and see that movie because, right, I, yeah, it, it's that good. I have a story to tell you guys. As we've oh said, <laughs> I'm so, so this is a quick one. I swear, I work in retail. That's, that's what she what said. Oh, that is the worst. That's what she said. Ever. One of the best. One or the other. Go ahead. I work Keep... in retail, and on our TV wall of all of our displays, for ludicrous amounts of time we had the red dead redemption trailer playing and we've I already heard on- the story no 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 it, it gets better it's a new one okay I, yes it just starts off on- the same as what you're saying yes i have this on very good authority <laughs> from a friend of mine who works entirely in the electronics area that he had a customer walk up to him point at the red dead redemption trailer playing on the tvs on the wall and say where can i buy that movie if you need any better reason that this game and even this franchise could become a movie i cannot give you one yeah no it is something that it'd be good it's interesting though because and again this is something with with gabe from um from valve where they like to exert a lot of control over their ips so the fact that they're saying if a half-life movie was ever made they would have full control over it and they would make it in-house and not outsources it, it, it you can believe it based on what they've done in the past it's just a question of whether or not we as a paying movie going public have gotten to the point where we would pay to view a full length movie that was using an in game engine because of course that's what they're going to be using most likely are we at the point where we'd be re- ready to do that and then whether or not a title uh, an ip is strong enough that it could actually support a full-length movie half-life i think is a perfect example of that because it's quite obviously they're never gonna work on the last episode that's not gonna happen it's (laughs) that ship has sailed folks you can you can pine over it as long as you want it ain't gonna happen so then if they were instead going to work on a movie because they've actually hinted that it's something they considered so they work on an in-game movie instead that talks about the entire ip the entire franchise and gives you that ending would you pay your 10 bucks to go see that myself you damn right i actually would go see it the ip and the story absolutely as long as they outsource the graphics because from a film standpoint we have come to expect so much more than in-game graphics as far as a cinema experience but as far as the story is concerned you know it i would not accept it from anybody else yeah so between that red dead redemption Ginny saying in the the audience bioshock i mean there's so many very powerful ips that have come out recently that would lend themselves so well to movies and if they can create cinematics as good as they have 
extend those suckers to full-length features or use an, a really good in-game engine. And you know what? A lot of us would be willing to pay the money to actually go see that. Screw seeing the real-life people. We'll go. We'll pay for your in-game engines. Moving on from there, and we're actually, this is going to be the last bit of news. Well, maybe one more. Joe, are you rating tonight? No, but I, I do have previous you obligations. You laundry. Laundry's not important. Okay, we're going to cover two things. We won't cover the Final Fantasy because we, we've already covered that in the games and, and, and we're not impressed. But we're going to talk about two things. One of them, really quickly, we're going to talk about Portal 2 put out a new video and it was the Wheatley f uh, video. This freaking thing was awesome. I don't know what you guys thought, but I actually thought it was fantastic. It's the voice of comic actor Stephen uh, Merchant. And what it does is it's a person who is giving you... I'm going to play for the live audience here. It's a basically Gladys, but a really kind of funny quirky Gladys. It's a guy who gives you a hand through some of the quests. And I thought it was fantastic. Part of what I loved about Portal 1 was the fact that you had these really great moments with this, this character, Gladys. But again, it's it's a robot. So it's it 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 creates this dichotomy that's different than I yes, I screwed up the word, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it, how many glasses of wine? Cut me some slack here. Um Chick are we done? Can I keep going? <laughs> go it's 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 it creates this different dynamic of 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 working in tandem with a character but while you'd expect it to be a that stereotypical kind of robotic kind of character it's a funny personality so i actually really love this i it's something that i i'm really looking forward to it's portals claptrap Basically, yeah. And it, it, it works. That's the thing. It really, really works. So while you're having to deal with Gladys, the evil aspect of the game, you're also dealing with this one that is the friendly helping you out kind of quirk, quirky claptrap, which is awesome. Yeah. Comparing this one to the first one, apparently from what we saw in this trailer, Wheatley knows as much as you do, which is even more entertaining than GLaDOS who knew everything. and was just giving you select pieces of information. Wheatley is learning this universe as you are, which is cool. Yeah. And, and I thought that some of the references that he was making as well, some of the little jokes case in point, when he's talking about those, those bastard humans and I'm paraphrasing, it was it, it's funny. And then at at the moment where you are being confronted by um, Gladys and he's there, I really, really love, again, the interactions between everybody because he's essentially the same type of personality as Gladys, that really, really quirky voice and mentality and everything. Only this one's on your side. So they scored a hit on this one. I'm really impressed and it, it makes me really want to play this game. Uh, moving on from there, of course, the last bit of news that we were going to talk about was Dark Spore. Now, this is a game that's being put up by Maxis right now. Now everybody knows them for The Sims and for Spore, but this is more of a Diablo-esque type of RPG of a dungeon crawler kind of like Torchlight where all you care about is loot kind of thing, except this one is is set more in a science fiction kind mm -hmm. of atmosphere and 
Everything that I've been reading about this has been actually pretty freaking awesome. They're doing a fantastic job with the how you're going to be dealing with your heroes and things like that because you're going to have a team versus Torchlight where you're alone. You're going to have more of a team that you're going to be working with. And then you're going to be able to use the um, abilities of each of your team members depending on what kind of mobs you're coming up against. And so it's taking a lot of the things that we loved about Torchlight, taking it a step up, giving you multiplayer right from the start and all kinds of other things. And, and, and it really looks like it's going to succeed. I, I personally cannot wait for this game and I have no idea where this game came from. If you hadn't put it on the show notes, I probably wouldn't have known about this thing for months ahead of time. But as a person who loves strategic type games, at least strategy light, I mean, I'm not into the huge, like super strategic games, but I love my Starcraft and stuff like that, as well as someone who's into the Torchlight and Diablo type games. This game blows my mind as really taking the best of both elements and putting it together. You have your traditional loot grinding adventure, but you really have to plan ahead. You can't just go, oh, I'm going to be my fire sorceress and just completely fuck everything up. No, you really have to know what your characters and what your classes are capable of to get the loot to then get better. I cannot wait for this game. You know, you know, I don't know if you guys noticed, but a lot of the, uh, if you're going through the images for it, a lot of like the, uh, the players and the NPCs are stuff you found in Spore. And that's a cool, that's a cool concept. They've taken a part of Spore that people really ran with. And that's the, you know, alien versus alien aspect and said, Hey, that's a really cool concept. And the one that we really didn't, that we really didn't design that many features for, and we're going to take that and make its own complete game out of it. Full featured. Very few companies will do that, and I really have to respect Maxis for taking something that the fans have said they want and really expanding upon it. I actually, I'm on, on the same boat as him. I really don't have a problem with it. I think it's awesome that they are using the same kind of Well, I didn't uh, say it was a bad thing. Engine. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I think it's fantastic that they're doing this. I And it's something that, though Spore left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth, there still are a lot of fans of the IP. And this here is something that is, it's like a little cookie to Spore fans, and yet is still different enough and able to maintain its own IP without having to look back as, you know, we yes, we original originated from Spore. And so it's something that is going to touch on a lot of different fans' approval ratings kind of thing. You know, it's going to be something that a lot of people can appreciate regardless of where they're coming from. I... I, I We've seen a lot of the dungeon crawlers. I mean, we've seen so many dungeon crawlers. And as much as we've loved Torchlight, which goddamn we have, it still is a dungeon crawler. This is something that's different. Yeah, it's it's still kind of a dungeon crawler, but it's still a science fiction something. And so it's, it is still going to have enough different from it in terms of... Equipping your hero, uh, not equipping, but uh, getting your heroes leveled up and all kinds of things like that. And your team and how how well they work together and which one is going to be the right one for the a certain experience. Uh, so there's enough that's going to be different am- about it that it's not going to feel, hopefully, like every other dungeon crawler that we've been playing over the years. 
Yeah, I, I mean, just, <laughs> you know, I, I have plenty else to really expand upon this whole universe they've created. And I, I'll, I'll keep this short because I've expanded on way too much at this point. But this whole universe they've created of just genetics gone awry. And you have to take that same genetics that have completely fucked up the universe and use it to the benefit of humanity as a whole. That's so cool. And the, just the vast amount of options they're giving you and not just giving you, but giving you to use correctly. Cause any dumbass can go through at, you know, easy difficulty with whatever combination they please, but to go through with a correct combination, almost dragon age style. That's, that's freaking cool as hell. And I really, I hadn't seen this game before you told me about it. And now that I've known about it, I can't wait to see more. And that's the thing that I've felt since I've heard about the game, actually. I've really been looking forward to hearing more about it. And the more I've been hearing about it, the more it's been confirming my opinion of what it's going to be. So, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. So that's actually going to wrap up the show for this evening. Now, that being said, I haven't gotten any goddamn messages. So either nobody is playing this Alan Wake deals and nobody's interested in it or nobody knows what the freaking answer to the question is i haven't gotten anything from anyone so i need to know is there anybody in the audience right now who is playing alan wake who's interested in this single who i'm I'm, I'm guessing again people have been basically either bought it themselves or whatever aren't interested because we need to know is there anybody right now who is interested in receiving this alan awake dlc Ginny, if you have to ask you don't know so apparently nobody will and dan dan you don't count nobody cares. jesus dan you're killing us man <laughs> If anybody would know this question, it would be you. You're like second to me as far as actually listening to these freaking episodes. No, it's for the 360. Okay, we're we're going to wrap up the show anyways. I'm going to put this in the show notes anyways and see if anybody is interested. And in all honesty, I'm not going to lie to you folks. If nobody takes it, I will because I want to <laughs> play this. I actually don't have it. I'm still working on this game with my son right now. So if nobody takes it, screw you all. I'm taking it. As long as Hooks and you bought the game me. pre-owned, so this is yeah. a definite deal for so you. So I would, yeah, I'd ask Hoogs. So thank you, Hoogs, my man, Hoogs. Thank you so much, Hoogs. You are the cream of the crop. As 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 you know, listeners go, they are no finer than you, Mister Hoogs. He's buttering you up, Ron. No, no, no. It's true. <laughs> he is loins. a man among men. He is the kind of generous soul that people look to in their community as someone that they can respect, as an example of what they should aspire to. Was that too much? Was that really too much? Okay. I've seen the unfortunate pictures Joe has experienced. Whatever he is, yeah, that that's not good. Hooks. Okay. Anyways, we're gonna let go at that hey you're talking about me <laughs> again the canadian whatever he is and ouch all right i'm folks, gonna go by guys we're gonna let it go at that we will i will make sure to have this portion of the podcast out 
to you by either tomorrow or on Wednesday. Don't forget to make sure to check my Twitter, and that is for the lore, because I'm going to be advertising when the site is going to be launching, and that is going to be on September 1st, and that is going to be bowdowntous.com, the new site that's going to have tons more games, features, reviews, previews all banner of everything and not just for games but we're actually going to be doing a lot of comic book stuff as well so with that i'm actually going to let you go and we will talk to you guys next week hello nobody else there just me all right that's cool Cheap bastard should have paid her more. Dude, it was enough. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> like that freaking Ion page. Oh, dude, not that anybody's ever going to check that again. But wow, that Ion page is freaking heavy. Like, So you guys ready to go with the, the lower? Yes. Do it. Right. <laughs> do it now. Do it. Wait nice in between coughing. Off. Yeah, I'm just kind of, okay, he's gotten one. It should be a couple of minutes before the next one. So, yeah. All right, correct even. Caressed? And you're Caressed. making fun of me? Oh, uh, man. At least I have a good example. I mean, you you weren't that drunk last week. There's there's the logo for the new podcast. Woo, Spider-Man. Fuck Woo you, Wolverine. Wolverine's in the back there. You can't even see. That's me, no. basically. I'm Wolverine, and he's Spidey. And so you can't see me because he he just makes me feel like I'm an, an inconsequential fool that knows nothing. Now I'll say for for episode fifty, I've gone above and beyond the Call of Duty. I was expecting more three new points. This was episode forty or sixty. Yeah, we wouldn't have gone through this much, Captain Morgan's. But wow, episode one hundred, Danny man, you better drunk and put on some freaking ponchos oh, for that thing. Oh, dude, that's gonna be insane. I have to be up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs>